This is eSports Today with Rob Zachney and Andrew Gruen. Welcome to this edition of eSports Today for January 19th, 2015. I'm your host, Rob Zachney, alongside Andrew Gruen, here to cover the latest news and events in eSports. On today's show, we'll be taking a look at the League of Legends season opener. We'll also be talking Dota 2 as a resurgent team alliance defeated Evil Geniuses to take the title at Star Ladder this weekend. But first, this weekend we saw Team Fnatic once again dominate a Counter-Strike event as the Swedish team took home yet another title at Star Series as they defeated Na'Vi two sets to zero. Right, so again, we're talking about Fnatic here uh, winning this tournament. This is just like... Fnatic and Counter-Strike Global Offensive right now are like kind of synonymous. Uh, so, so to me, this tournament, uh, we kind of like everybody kind of knows at this point that Fnatic's going to win. So this tournament was kind of like less about who's number one in the world right now because it's obviously Fnatic. Uh, we're trying to figure out who the number two team uh, is because like Fnatic, it's been a long time since any team dominated any esport the way that Fnatic uh, currently dominates uh, Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Um, so yeah, we're trying to figure out who that number two team is and we've kind of all got our loyalties like i'm kind of partial to, to france's team envious uh even though they're not they're not right up there right now they tend to be really really talented uh but navi our, our runner-up in this tournament has been you know one of the strongest candidates for that number two slot late, lately um but it's been so hard to to feel like they're earning that title when they tend to to do so poorly in these situations you know, I believe this is the third time in the last uh, 12 months that they've lost to uh, Fnatic in a grand final. Uh, and it's like, you know, Navi has one star player, uh, a guy named Guardian, who, as far as I'm concerned, completely drags that team through. He, they're a solid team. They're pretty good. And Guardian might be the single best player in the world on any team. Uh, but their other four players are just... They're just not on the same level as a team like Fnatic. And and we saw that here. The best moments for Na'Vi were when Guardian just went insane and got three or four kills in a single round. But otherwise, they simply got crushed because player for player, Fnatic is in just a whole other league. You know, I, I have real trouble taking any major conclusions away from this weekend's tournament uh, other than the usual Counter-Strike is awesome. Uh, because on the one hand, I kind of agree with you that Fnatic uh, seemed to really outclass Navi player for player, and that can generate some really lopsided encounters, which we'll talk about in a second. But then I think about the fact that Fnatic had a near miss against Luminosity in the semifinals, a team that I seem to recall somebody saying was a flash in the pan and we wouldn't see them pull off another deep run in a major tournament. Uh, <laughs> not going to name names. Um, was that on the air? I thought I said that off the air. Damn it. Well, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't really matter because I'm going to hold it. You know, <laughs> you're not safe from me. I'll protect you from the listeners, but I'm still going to bring stuff up that like we talked about. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so in that, you know, in that first map, against Fnatic, uh, Luminosity just just pounded them thanks to some really sharp play from two of their players, uh, Fair and, and Coldzera. Uh, they, they just barely went down to Fnatic in the ace match, in part because Fnatic successfully uh, shot Fair down and nobody else really pulled that kind of weight on Luminosity's roster. And then Fnatic had Flusha uh, getting absolutely out of control. But but still, we're talking about a two-round difference between these teams when all is said and done. And I don't think that necessarily points to a weakness in Fnatic. Uh, that's just the nature of the sport. But it does illustrate that that dominance is a very slippery thing in Counter-Strike. Right, right. Uh, witness Envious. Yeah, Witness Envious. Uh, 
you know, this is a team that looked amazing for a couple months last year, and and they showed flashes of that greatness this weekend. Uh, they they crushed Fnatic in groups, and then it looked like they were just going to humiliate Navi in the in the semifinals. And I'm I'm actually kicking myself uh, because I turned off their first game against Navi. Uh, because they were just destroying Navi on cobblestone, and mm, it looked mm-hmm. like there was no way that that Navi were going to to make up that deficit. But then Navi just sort of dominated the terrorist side of of the map uh, after the half and completely snatched that victory uh, out from under Envy. And I gotta say, a large share of the blame for that, I, I kind of feel like it goes to our old friend Kiyoshima. Uh, who turned in a pretty poor performance for a guy who is really supposed to be one of one of NVS's producers. Uh, but it, it you know it turns out if if he has a mediocre round, NVS turn into a pretty mediocre team. And when we were talking like last year about you know is is NVS you know this is this suddenly the year of NVS have they sort of dethroned Fnatic? Because uh, there was this run where Kiyoshima was just on point in just about every match. Uh, supported by you know a player like NBK who was consistently very good and sort of that raised baseline uh, made the team look really really impressive and, and not unstoppable at times. This weekend, uh, Kiyoshima turns into a net negative in the in the semifinals, and so Envy are I, I feel like Envy are starting to sort of slide back into that second tier of, of Counter-Strike teams, which isn't necessarily a bad place to be, right? That's what's exciting about Counter-Strike right now. There's there's this sort of dynamism as to who can sort of rise up and, and become the, the challenger for those for those top finishes. Uh, but nevertheless, I, I think Envy are, are sort of starting to, t- starting to recede. Uh, but I, I think that comeback against Envious was really impressive from Navi as well, because this is a team that is showing a lot of poise uh, right now. It wasn't that long ago that Navi seemed like they were sort of the best of the rest team. And, uh, you know, I I remember vividly, uh, they got completely shattered uh, by a really narrow loss to Envious uh, on train at Cluj-Napoca. And now they're able to manage these, uh, they're able to mount these, these really... No room for error comebacks, and I'm not sure. A few months ago, they they were a team that had the sort of the mental toughness mm-hmm. uh, to pull stuff like that off. But all of that took place against Envious, and <laughs> Envious ain't fanatic, uh, not right now, anyway. Right, right. Envy hasn't been up to snuff lately, and and that really just leaves Navi as the potential number two team in the world right now, which is like. It's kind of disappointing because it means that the number two team right now is far behind the number one team. There is no great rivalry in Counter-Strike right now. Uh, The difference between these two teams uh, was especially stark this weekend when it seemed like all the Fnatic players were, were playing like at their absolute best. You had like in particular Crims being just a savage monster the entire series, just terrifying uh, and then Dennis showing up huge as well. And so the reason why that's important is because Des- Dennis was supposed to be the guy this week who everyone was worried about as being the potential weak link of Fnatic. And then he shows up and gets quad kills in both of the pistol rounds in the first game. Like, it, it's in, it's insane that everybody on Fnatic was just completely lights out and Navi just looked hopeless this entire time. Yeah, it was a pretty brutal ending to what was a pretty good tournament run for Navi. Uh, 
Guardian was the only person to sort of hold his own on dust to to lead off that uh, that disastrous final mm-hmm. against Fnatic, and he pulled off some absolutely amazing but meaningless miracles uh, out of his hat. Uh, like that that one point uh, on dust where uh, Edward goes down and uh, Guardian is left completely alone with his off and <laughs> the engage like there he has no room like he's already the the the, the bomb site is already crawling uh, with fanatic players and he's got this off uh, and he just point blank drops these guys bam 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 like four kills uh, and, and Guardian <laughs> wins the round which was awesome but at that point you already knew like. Pfft, you know, the, like Navi were hosed, and absolutely, that was absolutely Fnatic's map. And I think you can sort of see why people have been banning Dust so often uh, <laughs> against Fnatic or trying not to play Fnatic on that map. And maybe it's a little telling that Guardian's sort of finest moments uh, came when his team was basically wiped out, because at that point he was free of running a running any of the strategies. Um, but when all things were equal. Fnatic just owned every corner of that map, and Navi met, found a way to fall into every single trap. And uh, it, it was, it, it was a pretty tough thing to watch because you know if you if you'd watched the previous days of that tournament, you saw a lot of really great series, uh, and then it culminates in something that does kind of feel like you know it it it, it did sort of feel like Fnatic really are the dominant power, and they they were just on a on another level. Uh, and the only thing that you know, if they if they if they lose, it'll take sort of fluky rounds like you almost had happen against Luminosity. Sure. Uh, sure. But in, in a final like that, uh, if Fnatic's players all show up and just play, you know, just play the just play their their basic game, uh, they can just destroy a team like Navi. Yeah, absolutely. It was a, it was a dominating finish from Fnatic. Uh, but Counter Strike wasn't the only game going on at Star Ladder. We also had a major Dota two tournament going on as well, uh, as most of the best teams in the West competed for a three hundred thousand dollar prize pool. Uh, and you know, I, I seriously doubt, seriously doubt that anybody in the world expected us to be sitting here post tournament uh, talking about how alliance of all teams kind of dominated that tournament uh and this isn't like one of these new coke teams uh with the old brand uh but a totally new roster uh this is this is the reunion of the legendary alliance team that won the international three and they're they're playing every bit like their old selves so when you're when you say they're playing like their old selves what exactly does that mean i mean it's been two and a half years since the international three. Uh, a lot's changed in Dota. Are <laughs> are, are lines actually able to play the same way and be relevant? Uh, you know, in this current landscape. Okay, so yeah, for example, in the in the first of the two games they played against Evil Geniuses, uh, their draft was actually almost identical to the draft that they used to win that legendary game five of the international three. They they used Puck. Io and Nature's Prophet as the core strategy of the team. Uh, and then in this case, they swapped out a character called Chaos Knight for Wraith King. But those two characters, uh, they're basically exactly the same. They, they have different skills, but they fulfill exactly the same role, which is this sort of bruiser tank role. So it was functionally the same strategy. And the whole idea is to kind of be ultra mobile and have this team that can strike anywhere at any time. Uh, and, and so they kind of brought that back. But even beyond that, we saw their leader, S4, actually back in his true form, which was really a delight to see because S4 is a guy with a long history in MOBAs, going all the way back to Heroes of New Earth. Uh, and he's been at the very top of Dota 2 for about four years now. But uh, he played absolutely 
garbage this past August at the International Five. And there were a lot of people who think that his poor play in particular was what sunk his team. He was on Team Secret at the time, um, which was just heartbreaking uh, because it looked at the, at the time like S4 was done. Like, like this was the moment where he showed up on the biggest stage in the world and showed himself to be over the hill. Uh, and it would have been a really sad end to a to a wonderful career, one of the most celebrated careers uh, in MOBAs, next to maybe only Dendi. Uh, so to see him come out like he did at Star Ladder this week and absolutely dominate was was wonderful to see. And it's important to note that he wasn't dominating some average scrub or some like some average pro level mid player. This was Sumail of Evil Geniuses, who was probably the best mid player in the world. And he got absolutely wrecked by S4. And I don't mean like S4 eked out a decent gold advantage of the course of like 10 minutes or something like that. I mean, S4 got like two solo kills during the laning stage. And you don't just walk up to Sumail and kill him. That doesn't, that's not something that you're allowed to do. But, but S4 just managed to pull this off. It was like a truly dominating performance. So Alliance obviously comes away the big winner here, uh, sort of vastly overperforming expectations. But was there anything else that came out of this tournament that that really caught your eye? Uh, And you may not like this. A lot of people may not like this. But it's it's like the fact remains that even though Evil Geniuses didn't win, we should probably still be considering them the best team in the world right now. Uh, They haven't had a lot of luck in the grand finals recently like the the way they keep getting they keep getting there though that's the thing and that alone is remarkable they keep showing up in the grand finals over and over again no matter who they're playing against uh and, and this is a team that is consistently in the top two or top three every time they show up at a tournament and you know that's something that deserves to be celebrated that that just because they haven't made that extra step to, to be winning these tournaments and completely dominating the Dota 2 scene doesn't mean that they're probably the strongest team out there i like that uh, i like that you say this about evil geniuses but like when we're talking about buell you're like that guy's a head case <laughs> poor oh that guy's doomed he's just never gonna amount to anything all these runner-ups I, I, it, it all depends on the person for me. If I dislike that person, then I'm going to throw garbage at him. But if, when it comes to Sue, I'm like, yeah, Sue in StarCraft. He's, he loses all the time, but I really like the guy, so I'm going to say nice things about him. Uh, so, you know, the other thing that stuck out of this tournament, though, uh, and this is basically just my own personal fanboyism to, uh, apropos of that previous topic, but the brand new Team Liquid did really well at this tournament. Uh, they actually won their group during the group stage. Uh, and as I, I, I mentioned this last week, it's the same, same deal. It's just really great to see Team Liquid with some hope in their roster. You know, it's it's a truly beloved esports organization, um, but they haven't performed well in basically any esport except for maybe like Smash Brothers, uh, where they have some amazing talent um, in, in quite a long time. It's been it's been a while since Team Liquid has been at the top of any esport. Uh, so it's just nice to see that organization with some renewed hope and vigor in Dota 2. They've managed to also qualify for the Shanghai Major, which is coming up quickly in early March. So hopefully we'll see you know, a, a resurgence of all classic old teams uh, at that tournament with Team Liquid and, and Alliance making a splash. So finally, this this week marked the start of the 2016 LCS season, and as we discussed last week with Taylor Cock, uh, a lot of things have changed this year. Both uh, EU and NA uh, League of Legends look completely different this time around, and there have been some massive, massive roster swaps in the offseason. Uh, North America is really starting to look like, you know, every week you're having a bunch of all-star games all in a row, with all that that implies. Uh, because it's super weird. You're you're seeing guys like Alex each, who's part of the legendary Moscow Five uh roster, Gambit, uh, sort of the the heart of uh you know this this great uh Russian team, 
playing against dudes like Piglet and Svenskaren, uh, you know, you got Exmithy there, you got, you know, Hooney uh, taking on players like Balls. Uh, it, it's total Marvel DC crossover event time, right? <laughs> uh, but on the other hand, you can kind of tell that a lot of these teams uh, still more exist in theory than they do in reality. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So like, so what does that what does that mean? What does that mean when you say they exist more on paper than in reality? Uh okay, so I, I, I think you've you've got to look at a lot of these teams as they they're you're sort of laying the foundation for great teams and you're hoping that you you're gonna great team out of it, but you don't know for certain yet. Okay. Uh so yeah. how well are, are are some of these guys going to uh going to perform down the stretch. Uh, and I, and I think sort of the, the quintessential example here is, um, team solo mid look like they are hands down the best team in North America, uh, right now, maybe the best team in, in either division of the LCS. Uh, you got really like top flight players, uh, from, from both Europe and, and North America. So they should, they should dominate, uh, North America, this, this split, uh, they should definitely be in the hunt, uh, you know, come world championship time. All that's something that I, I still feel pretty confident in, even. Uh, but their first match was against, you know, TSM's longtime rival, uh, Counter Logic Gaming. And CLG doesn't have, I mean, it's not a bad roster, but it's it's not anywhere near the sort of murderer's row that Team Solomon have, have put sure, together. Sure. Um, and yet... Team Solomon lost. Uh, CLG, okay. uh, you know, beat them pretty convincingly. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like an elements level meltdown, right? So like last year, you had there's this there's this sordid history of super teams, uh, basically face planting yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at the start of the season <laughs> in LCS. Team Solomon didn't do that. Actually, it was a really really good game, uh, but you you had you you had CLG players just showing uh sort of these these you know previously unsuspected uh strengths and flashes of brilliance and in the meantime you had team solomon individually great players but that synergy doesn't quite seem to be there yet and that's going to be the sort of thing that uh you know takes time to develop if it develops at all um like i i think sometimes Sometimes you take a strong roster, and if things don't start coming together really fast, uh, mm-hmm. things just kind of go to hell in a handbasket. And I think you can sort of see the outcome of a of a phenomenon like that when you look at uh, the team we were just talking about, Team Liquid. Uh, you know, Team Team Liquid had a bad start to the season, but in some ways, it's an interesting story because team liquid brought in uh this you know kind of legendary uh ad carry player from sk telecom uh piglet last year and he you know it's supposed to be like wow we got you know we we got this really top flight uh ad carry he's one of the best in the world he's won a world championship he's gonna really uh be a shot in the arm for this team sure and looking at the way team liquid played (laughs) played this weekend uh, I kind of feel like that for all of Piglet's individual skills, mm-hmm. he may have killed that team um, <laughs> because they got rid of a really, really good uh, 
a really really good support player uh expecial who's uh, uh, currently teamless uh he's uh, and I, i'm not entirely sure why he has not been able to sort of find a a, a long-term home after leaving team solomon maybe maybe unbeknownst to people who've like interviewed him because because i've talked to him he seems like a, a, a really you know great nice charming smart guy uh it, it could be that in the context of league of legends he, he turns out to be told <laughs> jackass and nobody wants to work with him uh sure, but but sure. i know that like piglet didn't really get along with him and they never really uh quite developed trust or, or synergy between them so i feel like this year Team Liquid have kind of tried to create a setting in which Piglet can can really thrive, right? Like this is you know where it's <laughs> we're both from Chicago, yeah. It's correct. kind of the Jay Cutler thing, yeah, right? Sure. So we just gotta we just gotta <laughs> put the right pieces around Piglet, and then he's gonna be then he's gonna be good Piglet. the The player we know he can be is gonna <laughs> is gonna come out. Uh, and at this point, I feel they've made so, they've compromised so many things about that team at this point. Uh, and the result is a team that looked pretty poor uh, to, to start out this year, despite some flashes of great individual play. So, I mean, sure. that's, that's kind of the fear, right? Is if you're if you're a really strong roster of, of all these great players who, who should come together into a really awesome Voltron team, if that doesn't yeah. happen quickly, uh, the other th- way things can go, I think, is kind of where, where Team Liquid is, is headed right now. Sure. So you've, you've outlined for us a couple examples of these kind of like uh, paper tigers. Yeah, um, but was there was there anybody, any team, or even any individual, really? But the, anybody, any any team that like actually impressed you this week? Like who showed up and and did better than you thought they would? Oh boy, H two K, I think hmm. looked the best to me, and and part of that is just down to how well the roster changes worked out. This is a team that looks really strong if you take it position by position. And then they play these really smooth clockwork games, right? So everyone, everyone is doing their job. They're 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 playing they're, they're they're playing well on an individual level, but then nobody's making stupid plays or getting greedy. Everyone's sort of showing up around the objective and getting the right position uh, on time. They're not they're not making the kind of teamwork mistakes that that can sort of speak to a a deeper weakness in a team. And that really showed up in sharp relief against uh, Origin. Uh, this week, who who just could not seem to get on the same same page. Uh, Origin were a huge opening week disappointment because, mm. you know, they were second best uh, and and challenging to be the best in in Europe last year. They were they were a semifinalist at at Worlds. Yeah. Uh, so I, a lot of great things were expected from Origin. Their roster was very stable, and they showed up and uh, they they didn't look good. Uh, it was sort of exciting because they had the the match with Fnatic to start off the, to sort of kick off the season. And that's, you know, supposed to be a great match. And, but yeah. nobody knows what to expect from Fnatic because Fnatic has lost so many great players. So, and then Fnatic just cr- kind of crushes origin. And it's really exciting because <laughs> it's like Fnatic's back, you know, the, yeah, the yeah. magic is real. Mm-hmm. Um, and that may not be the case. It may just be that, that origin are, are not as strong as they look. Uh, their, their practice was disrupted, apparently leading, into this first week so you can't judge too much by that but uh they they sort of opened weekly uh whereas a team like h2k really seemed like a team that was good last year and have taken that extra step to become a a great organization and a great great collection of players so sure so so now now you've 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 thrown down the gauntlet on three different teams that have disappointed you so far and only told me about one team that you actually think looked really good this week like who else who else is there like who looks good Okay, fine. Um, Some positivity on the show here, Rob. Okay, 
Uh, <laughs> I think when I look at when I look at North America, mm-hmm. I might let myself start believing in immortals. Oh, uh, but that comes with an important caveat. What, and what would that be? Team Immortals had an amazing game, like just a like one of the fastest games in Pro League of Legends history. <laughs> um, it was an absolute beatdown of Team Impulse, uh, where they they actually crushed that team so badly that the game was over before League of Legends will allow a team to surrender. Uh, <laughs> you can't vote surrender before the twenty minute mark. Uh, so. <laughs> So basically, oh, no. these, these poor bastards were in this game against team uh, uh, the immortals, and they couldn't get out. And immortal, oh. they, so they just had to keep taking it <laughs> as just immortals, just like completely like went Harlem Globetrotters on the on these guys, and they were the generals. Oh um, my god! It was it, it was it was amazing, and like, so the thing is, League of Legends doesn't want games to go that way, right? Yeah. Like the game itself is structured to prevent a team from putting down that kind of lopsided beating. And so for Immortals to find a way to do that is is really an, an incredibly impressive and it really showed how, you know, terrific a lot of those t- those players on Immortals really are. Uh you you had, you know, guys like Hooney com- like completely owning uh the the top lane uh wild turtle and and po belter uh just just you know kicking nine kinds of ass there's this amazing moment where Hooney gets jumped by four players from impulse and <laughs> he just hangs on long enough for uh po belter to show up and then they turn it around and kill all four <laughs> of those players <laughs> Uh, before the gold differential gotten too crazy too, so they just completely outplayed these guys and, and then oh, crushed wow. them. So it was really exciting, but you have to say like, well, yeah, but that was against Team Impulse, which sure. is um, really bad. Uh, they sure. have the potential, <laughs> like like Team Impulse, like are are kind of already relegation bound, uh-huh. but they have the potential to be one of those truly like epically awful teams that people will be talking <laughs> sure. about for years to come uh, because the oh, organization no. from what I gather the organization itself doesn't want to be in League of Legends anymore uh, they, 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 they basically were like alright everybody we're, we're selling our League of Legends spot the bidding is now open oh, and no. nobody wanted to buy the team oh, um, no. and so like at the last minute they were kind of like well I guess we're still a team and so it's like this total <laughs> It's the it's this total like major leagues type of team. It's just kind yeah. of whoever was lying around. Oh man! So you have you have players like the guy Hooney was beating so badly was the was this player called Fang, um, but Fang looked completely incompetent at this level of play. Like he doesn't yeah. belong on a pro team. Uh, so you know, on the one hand, like Immortals, and that's not the only game Immortals won this week. Like Immortals had a good week; they they looked really good against Cloud Nine. But that really exciting performance, that really like holy crap, these guys are good. Yeah. That did come in the context of them playing uh, possibly one of the worst League of Legends team assembled in the history of North sure, America. Sure, but but I mean, like that that still is a mark of a good team, though. You need to be able to blow out teams that you should be blowing out though like you're still meeting the minimum level of requirements for being one of the top teams in the league um but was there so i'm very interested in, in sort of trying to tie this together for people who want to get in on the ground floor of this league of legends season or even myself trying to figure out 
what is what is like though if you want to watch and follow league of legends this season but you don't have time to watch 40 different matches like what's what's the one or maybe even two matches um that everybody that everybody should watch if they want to be following this story like is is team immortal still the story that people should be watching out for uh I would say so. I would say the two games I mentioned are two really good games to watch sure. because okay. if you really want to see um, what it looks like when each player sort of wins at his position, right? If you want to just see complete dominance, like yeah. by all means, treat yourself to that Immortals game. It's not good League of Legends, uh, <laughs> but it is kind of satisfying, right? Yeah, it's, absolutely. Yeah, it's an it's an eighties action movie, right? Like you, you know, you know Van Damme or, Sh- or Arnold, you know they're just gonna kick all these guys' asses. It's just kind of fun watching it happen. That's sure. Immortals versus Team Impulse. Um, if you want to see good League of Legends, uh, mm-hmm. I. I I think you really should take a look at TSM versus CLG, uh, which opened things in in North America because that was a that was a really good game uh, and really like these are two teams that are that are sort of going to be at each other's throats for uh, a good portion of this year and TSM I still think are going to be one of the most important teams uh, in the West this year so it's a good time to sort of look at at how this team is coming together so those are probably the the games I would watch and then I might check out. Um, you know, maybe, maybe H2K's, uh, match against origin. Uh, but yeah, I, I think those are the two, those are the two games I'd recommend, uh, the most right now. All right. Absolutely. Thanks so much. All right. That's all we have for this, uh, esports today. Now let's talk about what's going on in esports tomorrow. Uh, the big thing coming up on the horizon next week is DreamHack Leipzig. The tournament will be hosting a $50,000 StarCraft Open, which is attracting all the big names from Western StarCraft that you'd expect players like, you know, Marine Lord, Nurcio, and Welmu. Uh, but as usual, you know, we have two B tier Korean Zerg players who are probably going to mop the floor with everybody, and those are Hydra and Violet. So well- if you, if you want to see the usual StarCraft Western storyline of can all of these 200 players muster one player who can beat the Koreans, tune yeah, into DreamHack Leipzig. Those Hydra and Violet, though, dude. Like, Hydra's good, but also, like, we didn't see it because uh, we were we were on vacation. But, like, in – oh, God, what was it? Um, oh, it, was, it was an international competition uh, based on, like, nations. But, like, Marine Lord oh, yeah, yeah, representing yeah, yeah. France all killed Korea. Mm-hmm. Um and it what they weren't no names either. It wasn't like Korea sent out their sent out their scrubs. Like these were these were good Korean players and Marine Lord uh wiped the floor with all of them. So like, you know, hey, France France might be the new Korea. France might be the Korea of the West. Uh Look, so Rob Rob, don't make sad jokes in front of the audience. Do that. Wait wait till we're off the air to get our hopes up about North America. We don't want to instruct people uh to to start actually thinking the West has a chance in StarCraft. It's just not true. Well, we'll 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 see. Uh <laughs> There's, I can't wait. Like if 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 you have to eat your words next week, I'm just gonna. I'm I have gonna to eat serve my words every week because I don't know anything about esports. I thought we were clear about that by now. We'll we'll we'll, we'll find out this week at at, at Leipzig uh, sure. to, whether or not you know anything about esports. Uh, sure. There's also a Counter Strike event going on at DreamHack Leipzig. Uh, it's not a major event, but we do have Luminosity, uh, Virtus Pro, and Navi on the invite list. So we'll see some high level play regardless. Uh, you know, honestly, I'm most interested to see Luminosity play in an event without uh, without Fnatic being around, uh, really, because this is Absolutely. you know this this is a Brazilian team that's been on the verge lately of breaking into sort of the top five best teams and it'll be interesting to see them uh play against other teams that sort of second tier 
uh, and, and see what they can do. Uh, anyway, that'll do it for this edition of Esports Today, an Idle Thumbs podcast produced by Michael Hermes. Until next week, if you have any esports questions, you can shoot them over to us at questions at esports.today. We'll be back next week to discuss the past, present, and future of esports. For Andrew Gruen, this is Rob Zachney, signing off. Oh, shit's about to go down. Light the fires. Welcome to this edition of Esports Today for January 18th, 2015. I'm your host, Rob... Nope.